It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome into another episode of Lockdown Wolves. This is the post-game podcast. The Timberwolves were annihilated by the Denver Nuggets on Tuesday night. A stunning turnaround from an easy win over Denver Sunday. Of course, Nuggets had a lot more players available Tuesday and they took out their frustration on the Wolves. We'll break down what went wrong in this one for Minnesota here on the show. Welcome in. You are Locked On Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NBA. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy hump day. And uh, happy Timberwolves game day, I guess. Let's go ahead and and uh, wash that taste out of our mouths from Tuesday night's drubbing at the hands of the Denver Nuggets. That's what today's show is about, is uh, what happened on Tuesday. So uh, we'll get to that here in a moment. First of all, the, a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also watch the show on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV more great local sports coverage 24-7, and it's free. Again, download the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow the show's Twitter account at LockedOnTWolves. Don't forget the T, and also at BBeacon with two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. All right, so the Timberwolves were crushed by the Nuggets on Tuesday night, and like, there's not a whole lot to really glean from this game other than the the issues that the Wolves have had all season. And so I want to spend a little more time on some of the garbage time minutes, what I saw from some of the, I mean, because like, I mean, realistically, there was like three quarters of garbage time in this game, but the Wolves deep bench played basically the final quarter and a half. So I want to spend a lot of time talking about that. Um, and then we'll still do individual studs and duds, which will include some of those guys as well, because we got to see Josh Minot and Wendell Moore Jr., the rookies, a lot of Luca Garza, um, which was, you know, some Matt Ryan. Like, I thought it was good. It was the circumstances were not good, but there are some takeaways from seeing some real minutes on an NBA court from those guys. So we'll get to that here in a minute. I think that's what's most intriguing. First, though. Like, what what happened here? So, Sunday, the Timberwolves beat a Denver team that didn't bother to bring four of their five starters to Minneapolis, and I talked on the show uh, on Monday. It was understandable, given the schedule quirks um, that the Nuggets have had, and actually a lot of teams have had. We talked about this with Marty the other night on the postcast, that teams have had traveling from Denver to Minnesota. There's been a couple of other teams. I think Milwaukee and maybe Boston. There's There were a couple of other teams that came Denver to Minnesota on a back-to-back. The Nuggets have had to do that twice this year. And uh, I believe the other game in Denver earlier this season that the Nuggets did win was also the second night of a back-to-back for Denver. So the Nuggets had some frustration related to the scheduling. They didn't bring Jokic, Jamal Murray, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, or Aaron Gordon on the trip at all when they lost in Minnesota Sunday evening. They were uh, Three of the four were back. There was no Jamal Murray still. He was uh, sitting out this one still. Uh, but KCP, Aaron Gordon, and Jokic all played. 
The Timberwolves did not have Austin Rivers serving game two of his suspension. Of course, no Carl Anthony Towns. Then Kyle Anderson sat out after leaving the last couple of games early with back spasms. The Wolves did not play him in the front end of this back-to-back. So that's something else to remember is perhaps Anderson comes back Wednesday. He was questionable coming into the game. And maybe the Wolves said, hey, look, at altitude, let's give him an extra day. Uh, Not that altitude affects your back, but, you know, just give him an extra day. Let him play, you know, Wednesday, which I guess is also at altitude. But um, in Utah. Anyway, um, so perhaps Anderson plays Wednesday, which like in this game, would that have mattered? Probably not. But uh, that's something that is important moving forward to this Wolves team that is already so depleted. Um, so the Nuggets just like from the beginning, I know this game was, it was like tied about halfway through the first quarter, but I, I could have told you three minutes in that this thing was not going to go well for the Wolves. Uh, the Wolves had three turnovers in the first two minutes of the game. Um, they had four turnovers in the first four minutes of the game. However you want to slice or dice that like it was turnover city early and they were sloppy. A couple of bad, like clearly the wolves had a design play for Ant to lob the ball to Rudy on a back cut. And it was a terrible pass. It like hit the top of the window and uh Gobert couldn't corral it. And then there was another missed lob. I think was also Ant. It might've been D'Lo. Um, D'Lo had a really bad kind of entry pass, like really, really bad turnovers very early in this game that set the, the wrong tone, a negative tone for this game. There was some foul trouble. Nasri got into early foul trouble. Uh, Ant got into some early foul trouble and ended up still playing most of the first half, played through it, but was very handsy defensively. And and actually, like, I thought the Wolves sprinkled some sp- strong defensive possessions in in the first half, the night or the first quarter, I should say. The Nuggets hit some tough shots. Uh, but, I mean, then all of a sudden there was no defense. Like, the Nuggets were shooting like 80% uh, uh, with you know, uh, with about two or three minutes to play in the first quarter, like it was absolutely insane how well they were shooting the ball, and the Wolves certainly contributed to that. And then as the game wore on, there was less and less and less and less defense. It was a combination of some spotty defense, really sloppy offense, and hot shooting from Denver that put the Wolves behind the eight ball. And by behind the eight ball, I mean down by thirty at the end of the first quarter. Denver scored forty nine points in the first quarter. They didn't score less than thirty in any quarter in this entire game. And the Wolves were like, it was over at that point by the end of the first quarter. There was, it was not really all that competitive. The Wolves got it down to like low twenties a couple of times. I don't know that it ever got below like 21 or 22. Denver held the Wolves at not even arm's length, like, I don't know, multiple arm's lengths, uh, over like throughout this game. Um, Jokic had a triple double with under a minute to play in the first half. He had the assists early in the second quarter, finished with 20 points, 16 assists and 12 rebounds needed just a rebound late in the second quarter to get there. He scored his 20 points on 10 shots, was 8 of 10 shooting, and didn't hit a 3. He was 0 of 1 from outside the arc, 4 of 5 on free throws. Um, Michael Porter Jr. had 30 in the game. I think he had 17 or 20 in the first quarter. He had just a massive first quarter. Porter and Jokic were each... uh, Jokic was a plus 40 in this game in just 28 minutes, and Porter was a plus 43 in 28 minutes, or 29 minutes, excuse me. Shot four of six outside the arc. So it was a lot of Porter early, um, a lot a lot of Jokic facilitating. The Wolves tried to, they started Nas Reed, which is notable, no Kyle Anderson. I said, um, I I said the other day on the show, I thought maybe Nate Knight would get a start. I thought they'd keep Nas um, with the second unit and, and Gobert with the starters, but I guess Nas has started in Gobert's place, you know, several times this year anyway. So, um, that's that's what Finch went with. Obviously, it didn't work. Again, not the reason they lost this game, but the Wolves just didn't put up enough effort defensively early, 
and they were way, way behind and then couldn't make shots themselves. Like they ended up scoring 29 in the second quarter, but like the first quarter was a clank fest for Minnesota from deep. They were like three of their first 16 or something to finish shooting under 29% from three. Uh, and Denver for the game shot 62% from the floor and um, 48% on three-point attempts. Denver only attempted 27 threes. They're pretty middle of the pack in terms of attempt rate, the Nuggets are, but they're number one in percent and three-point percentage as a team. We talked about this preview in the matchup on Tuesday's show that Denver uh, doesn't shoot very often from three, and they were like 27% against the Wolves Sunday. We knew that that was going to bounce the other direction, right? Law of averages, and that happened in a big way in this game. So it was kind of a confluence of things. Points of the paint, uh, Denver scored 49 points in the first quarter. 28 of them were in the paint. The Wolves only scored 19 total points in the first quarter. Denver scored 28 paint points in the first 12 minutes of this game. Like, you pick a stat, the Wolves got beat at it. They turned it over 17 times. Denver only turned it over 10. Uh, Denver had 12 steals in this game. Minnesota had 24 assists to Denver's 44. On Sunday, Denver turned it over more times than they had assists. They had 22 turnovers and 19 assists. In this game, 44 assists and 10 turnovers. It's absolutely insane. The, the turnaround and obviously missing four of your five starters will have a pretty big hand in that. So the Wolves and Nuggets now split the season series. Um, the Wolves have had some advantages in the two games that they won, but like we'll take them how you can get them. Uh, the Nuggets are now 26 and four at home, which is insane. I want to next, I want to break down some of the play of the bench guys, because we got to see uh, there were a bunch of guys that played anywhere from 18 to or 17 to 21 minutes that, that I think are, are notable. Um, younger players, rookies like Mina and Wendell Moore. So I want to spend some time talking about them. We will do individual studs and duds here at the end of the show as well. So we're going to do all that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our title sponsors over at LinkedIn. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post, company, and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. We're into February now in 2023. It's time to achieve your goals and hiring the right team member just might help you do that. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MBA. That's linkedin.com slash NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NBA trade deadline is tomorrow, Thursday, the 9th, and Locked On has you covered. This Thursday, the 9th, tune into Locked On NBA YouTube 
at 2 p.m. Eastern, that's 1 p.m. Central, to hear reaction from the trades that will change the rest of the NBA season, who becomes contenders, and who is tanking for a better future. Subscribe to Locked on NBA on YouTube, and don't miss a deal. All right, uh, let's talk uh, end of the bench, guys. I mean, like, if you've watched some Iowa Wolves, then you've seen what we saw for basically the fourth quarter and some of the third quarter in this game. Uh, four of the five Wolves players on the floor for a good chunk of that time were guys who have played together with the Wolves this year, the Iowa Wolves. Uh, Luca Garza, Josh Minot, um, Matt Ryan, and uh, uh, Wendell Moore Jr. Of course, Wendell Moore being the first-round pick this year, Josh Minot the second-round pick out of Memphis. And this is the first like extended run that Minot's gotten at the NBA level. And I want to start with him because I thought he looked great. Uh, obviously raw. There were a couple of um, defense, you know, I actually thought he defended pretty well without fouling. He got called for one foul in 17 minutes. A couple of moments offensively with the ball in his hands where he looked a little uncomfortable. But, I mean, like, 11 and 5, 11 points, 5 rebounds in 17 minutes, shot 4 of 7, made his only 3-point attempt, which, like, the the uh, shot form is a little herky-jerky, but the it went down smooth. Like, he got good extension on the jumper, um, high release point. Like, it looked comfortable. Comfortable enough. 11 points, five rebounds, two blocks and a steal in 17 minutes. And this is like, this is the dream for Josh Minot, right? Like there's a little bit of Brandon Clark to his game, obviously a little bit um, uh, more slender than Brandon Clark, but that's the type of player he is, right? Like a bouncy four. Um, and I think he's he's more of like the three, four version of, a, of Clark, who's more of a four, five. Like he can, he's probably a four that can play some three and guard three and shoot threes, uh, guard threes and shoot threes. Um but like he's got because of his athleticism, because of his length, he can play the four. He's not going to guard like true bigs down low. Not that there's many of those left, right? Like he's not guarding Jokic in the post, but uh, he could be that athletic kind of role man big who can also pop out and shoot a little bit too. And he showed all those skills. Uh, he missed a dunk that he was kind of pushed in the back on uh, that would have been spectacular. Ended up going to the line and making both his free throws. Uh, but a really, really fun game from Josh Minot. And, and I think he's got an exciting future for this Wolves team. I mean, like, there's some similarities to Jane McDaniel's game for him, but I think Brandon Clark's probably a better comp. I think he'll be a better rebounder. I mean, like, case in point, like, I mean, it's one game, but five rebounds in 17 minutes. Jane McDaniel's had two in 20 minutes. Um, rebounding is not a strong suit for McDaniel's and actually a lot of guys on this roster. And Minot can add that to this team as soon as he starts getting rotation minutes, which I mean, next year, maybe like Kyle Anderson's under contract, Torian Prince will likely be back next year. He's got the option on his deal. Um, but it's one of those guys where he probably takes that rotation spot or maybe Austin rivers, you know, will likely move on after this year. Not that it's the same position, but, or Jalen Noel, uh, like there, there's could be some shuffling there. Um, and Minet could find his way into the rotation as soon as next year, because I, I think that, despite the rawness of his game, the tools that he has are really tantalizing. Um, and, and there's, there's a really interesting role player upside for him, like, like a good role player upside for, uh, I think starting caliber upside here in a couple of years for Josh Minot. Um, similarly, Wendell Moore Jr. in a different way, like Wendell Moore, the way I described him, if you, if you heard any of the shows after the Wolves drafted him, um, or after they, they acquired him on draft night, the way I would describe Wendell Moore Jr. is a two way role player. If that makes sense. Like, he, I don't think he's going to be a star. I mean, you know, I would never say never for almost anybody, but but um, he does basically everything well. But 
it's just kind of like at a solid level. Like he's kind of a jack of all trades, master of none, in my opinion. From what I've seen of Wendell Moore, both in college, a little bit in the G League, and also a little bit at the NBA level. Um, he does a little bit of everything. He can initiate offense. He looks comfortable. There was a really nice pick and roll he ran. I think it was with Knight or might have been Gars on the left side of the floor. Looked very comfortable with the pocket pass. Um, good feel. Like he initiated some offense in college. He's supposed to be a three and D type player. He's a good defender. I think there's a little bit of Josh Richardson. He reminds me of Richardson early in his career. A little of Josh Akogi defensively, but obviously more offensive upside. He can shoot a little bit. Um, you know, he his 18 minutes were a little more nondescript and less exciting than my nets. He only had two points on one of four shooting, missed his only two threes. But he had five assists, only one turnover, added a block and a couple of rebounds. And we saw him earlier this year, kind of November-ish, get a, a few rotation minutes here and there when the Wolves were shorthanded. And I thought that he played well overall. I don't think he's quite ready to be a rotation player on a on a playoff team. It just same with Minot. But I think he he certainly stepped in and did not embarrass himself. He didn't have a tough time when he was part of the rotation. I think he's kind of a fringy rotation guy right now. And I think there's upside for him to be a starting caliber player. I honestly think Minot probably has greater upside because of the length and the athleticism combined with the fact he can shoot and appears to have decent feel for being a, you know, one and done guy in college and a very, a very young player. Um, more, I think has a very high floor. Like I think he's already a fringy rotation player and could hold his own in the rotation the ceiling might be decent starter, whereas I think Minot is probably has a little bit of a higher ceiling and, and a little bit of a lower floor. Although, again, he looked pretty solid tonight or, or Tuesday night. So um, fun to see those guys play. Fun to see the rookies play. Uh, Luca Garza played really well. He had non-garbage minutes early in the game. He was actually the first big off the bench for the Wolves after Reed got into foul trouble. And Garza finished with 19-9. and nine. He struggled with Jokic, but who doesn't? Got called for some fouls. His, early, his first stint was actually pretty bad. He missed four jumpers. I think three of them were threes. He missed four jumpers in quick succession. Garza did. Uh, but finished strong, played well in garbage time, as he's done a lot of recently, grabbed some offensive rebounds, and played well overall. I mean, his limitations were on display early in this game. But I, again, he's a good depth big to have, and I thought he played well. Matt Ryan continues to look a little more comfortable in the Timberwolves uniform. He had 11 points on eight shots, three of seven outside the arc. Missed a couple threes when the game wasn't like quite to real garbage time, but then made a couple in garbage time. Made one on the move, tough, kind of drifting to his left on the on the right side of the floor, uh, kind of the right um, corner. Um, that was a tough shot. He had four assists, only one turnover, competed defensively. You know, it was nice to see him play well because he does have a shot to see some rotation minutes for Chris Finch here in the next few weeks. So that that was positive to see. Um, that's really kind of, I don't know. I mean, Jalen Noel didn't see, Jalen Noel, Bryn Forbes saw limited action uh, because of the nature of the game. Same with Jordan McLaughlin. He had a quiet first stint, didn't play in the second half because it was out of hand and uh, no sense in risking a re-injury to his calf. Uh, Nate Knight, I thought, played well in his limited bench minutes too. So um, good to see all those guys get some run. Bad to see it happen in garbage time in this way. Uh, but smart on Chris Finch too. None of the starters played more than 21 minutes on the first night of a road back-to-back at altitude. So you go to uh, Utah uh, to play the Jazz on Wednesday night. And, you know, some of these guys, it's like they played a quarter and a half and, and they should be ready to go. Um, so that, that at least that's, I guess the silver lining here and the jazz, of course, closer to the wolves in the standings, perhaps if you're going to win one and lose one, it's maybe more important to get the win over Utah. We could make that argument. I'll make that argument. So smart on Finch to get those guys some rest. And here's hoping that the wolves do not come out flat. There's of course that mini rivalry budding with the jazz because of the Vanderbilt Beasley, um, you know, dunks at the end of the game, that sort of thing happened earlier this year. 
So we at least, I guess, have that to look forward to on Wednesday. All right, we'll close the show here by doing individual studs and duds, and uh, that's how we'll wrap it up. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Lockdown because they're the number one sportsbook in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. Super Bowl is the best time to place bets. It's my favorite time of year for this. So many prop bets, um, like I mean, like I said, money line, point spreads, all that stuff going into the game on Saturday. And of course, there's NBA action this weekend too. So make sure to get over to FanDuel. Join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim that no sweat first bet. On Super Bowl 57, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's close this uh, out today by talking individual studs and duds from Wolves Nuggets. Um, I mean, I can't really give any starters studs for this game. I Actually, I thought Anthony Edwards played fairly well. He seemed to be ultra in tune with the, I don't know. It's, I've talked about this the other day. It seemed really concerned about the officials in this game. And actually, like there were some, I mean, Jokic gets calls, right? Like that's just kind of a thing. I thought Garza got a couple of bad calls against him. Actually, I didn't even mention D'Angelo Russell was ejected in the third quarter from the bench complaining about a call against Garza guarding Jokic. And Russell said something to the official, uh, I think it was fantasy ransom through headband or mouth guard or something to the side and got a technical. And then he walked on the court slightly when he was on the bench. He wasn't supposed to, he wasn't in checked into the game, kind of cut the corner of the court um, and was ejected by crew chief Mark Davis right before the technical free throw. I'm guessing for stepping on the court, uh, not not Dilo's finest moment, but what he was saying was true. Like the calls that Jokic was getting with Garza and Nas and those guys guarding him were not, you know, it's Jokic. So he's going to get those calls, but I understand the frustration. Um, all that to say, it was complaining in rare form in this game. He actually played pretty well. 19 points in 21 minutes on 11 shots. Got to line five times in 21 minutes. Three assists, three rebounds, only one turnover. He played okay in this game. Um, so I do want to point that out. He's the only starter that really looked like they came to play. Uh, Nas played well offensively, but was in foul trouble. So it didn't ultimately really matter. Studs for the Wolves. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go Josh Minot. I talked a lot about him already, but 11 and five with two blocks and a steal in 17 minutes was a plus three in his 17 minutes, four of seven shooting made his only three and his two free throws. A good game for Minot. I, I talked about him extensively. Not much else to say there. Um, also give one to Luca Garza, 19 and nine in 21 minutes, six of 12 shooting, Seven of eight at the line, 
got fouled a bunch late again, played much better in garbage time than he did in his first stint when the game was still technically within reach. Uh, but again, like beggars can't be choosers here. Like not very many guys played well for the Wolves. And I'll go ahead and give the third one to Ant because you know, going back to what I said a minute ago, I thought overall he played well in this game. Um, duds. I don't know. I Like, I guess Gobert. I mean, like, I, let me go back to the first quarter in this one related to Gobert. The Wolves were trying to get him involved early. They turned it over twice early in the game on attempted lob passes to Gobert to try and force the ball into him. And then after that, there were multiple instances where the Nuggets were basically daring the Wolves to try and force the ball into Gobert. But he was wide open with nobody around him. And the, and the Nuggets were kind of trying to, certainly when Ant had the ball, but also when McDaniels had the ball, where they were shading a second defender towards Ant and basically leaving Gobert down in the dunker spot. And the Nuggets know that the Wolves are unwilling and or unable to try and get the ball to Rudy, especially after those lobs were inaccurate at the beginning of the game. And I said this after the win. Um, I don't remember if it was the Denver game Sunday or, the, or last Friday when the Wolves won, but that there was a positive about the Wolves actually connecting on some lobs, you know, mostly Kyle Anderson um, before he got hurt in whichever game that was. But like McDaniels, like guys were getting the ball to Gobert on lobs and Gobert was finishing. I thought that was a positive kind of silver lining from that game that maybe went on notice. I think it was actually against Denver Sunday. And that Denver said, I bet you won't do that again, Timberwolves. And they didn't. They couldn't complete those lobs to Gobert. That led to a goose egg from Gobert. No points on 0 of 2 shooting, five rebounds, a block and a turnover, and a disappointing performance for Gobert. But again, not entirely his fault. I mean, he needs somebody to get him the ball, and the Wolves failed to get him the ball. Um, so, disappointing game for Rudy. Uh, other duds, I don't know. Torian Prince had a rough go of it. He was somehow a minus 33 in 19 minutes. I mean, the Wolves lost by 34. Nobody else on the team had worse than a minus 29. Jade McDaniels, minus 27 for Russell. Everybody else was like in the teens or or better than that. Torian was a minus 33 in 19 minutes, one of five shooting, missed all three of his three-point attempts and uh, just didn't play very well. But hey, nobody did on the Wolves. So except for, uh, I guess, the three guys that I mentioned. And, and But even Gar- like, even Minot probably was the best like all-around performance for many Tim- Timberwolves player in this game. It was just really not a sight to behold if you're a Wolves fan. Next up from Minnesota, Utah on Wednesday night. So 24 hours following the tip from Tuesday's game. Utah has been struggling a bit. They're actually a game, above, a game below 500. They will have the rest advantage in this game and, of course, be at home for the fifth game of an ongoing homestand. They've lost two in a row, though. They lost badly to a shorthanded Dallas team with no Luka uh, in the wake of the Kyrie trade the other night, uh, Monday night. They also lost to the Hawks the timeout before that. Um, so they've been struggling a bit lately. Of course, there's tons of trade rumors swirling. Perhaps guys' minds will be other elsewhere. The Jazz, you know, both teams could make trades, obviously, on Thursday. But Utah seems to be in a lot of rumors, given the nature of their roster. So perhaps some of their guys won't quite have their heads in the game on Wednesday night. And then the Wolves take on the Memphis Grizzlies in Memphis Friday night before getting the weekend off. No game Saturday or Super Bowl Sunday. The Wolves will take on Dallas in Dallas Monday night. So the schedule doesn't get easier, but they'll get a couple extra days or an extra day of rest here this weekend. So there's that to look forward to. We'll, of course, go live with Marty Gellner on the postcast about 45 minutes after the Utah game Wednesday night. So be sure to subscribe to the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel uh, to watch that live. And if you miss it, you can always listen to the audio on this feed. Locked On Wolves, wherever you're listening, you can find it on uh, any audio uh, platform. A big thank you to those that do make Locked On Wolves 
your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Roku app and the Amazon Fire TV app. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Now, make your second listen, the Game to Game NBA podcast. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.